0: Call in at 303 690 3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, welcome everyone to today's program, today's edition of Calvary Live. Looking forward to taking your calls and your questions. We're going to open up the phone lines just about now. 303 690 3000 is the number. 303 690 3000 is the number. Phone lines are wide open this afternoon, and you can always text me 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls this afternoon. Uh, This is a live broadcast on the Radio by Grace and the Grace FM radio networks, and we are grateful to come to you. I was texting with Pastor Bill Gem today, 77 stations, 22 million potential listeners on the Radio by Grace network alone and today's a pretty big day uh, for my friend Pastor Bill in the Grace Church of Amarillo, Grace Church in Amarillo, Calvary Chapel, uh, because today they're gonna carry the midweek Bible study live on the entire Radio by Grace network. Which is very exciting. We have been carrying our station, you know, the Grace FM radio network, our live services for many years now. And as they integrate their station network, he's going to be able to be on all of these stations around the country. Uh, so be sure to tune in. Go to Radio by Grace, Let me make sure I got the right website, radiobygrace.com for all the information to join Pastor Bill Gem and Grace Church Amarillo live on the Radio by Grace Network. If you're listening on Grace FM, our services will be live, uh, and that's 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So so very exciting things. Uh, Not only do we have recorded Bible studies on our stations, but we also have live broadcasts, and this one is live. If you're listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, or Higher Rock Uh, You're listening to this one week delayed, but it's still a live program while it's being recorded. So what that means is if you're listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, or Higher Rock, you can call while the show is on, talk to the host live as you're broadcast on some stations live, and then you can tune in next week to listen to yourself uh, on the air. But let's pray for the Radio by Grace Network with this big, monumental day uh, with Pastor Bill Gem. Um, live on Wednesday. Now, this may have been already occurring. Uh, I just noticed on a post today on social media that they had mentioned it's going to be live. So maybe I'm this is the first time I'm seeing it, or it's the first time it's happening, but it doesn't really matter either way. 77 stations, 22 million potential listeners. And Father, I do pray for the ministry of Radio by Grace, and we're grateful for our partnership and our friendship with them. And even as the live broadcast of the midweek Bible study goes off over the air around the country, may your will be done. May may it yield much fruit as you use Pastor Bill and the unique pastor uh, uh, gifting in his life, the gifting of pastor and teacher, just a phenomenal Bible teacher, but also a phenomenal pastor, bless all the technology, all the switch flipping and um, you know, wires and Uh, All of it. I don't even know what what it takes uh, to make it happen. But I do know that you're going to use it for the glory that brings you honor and you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Lines are wide open. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a question. Came in via text. Pastor, quick question. It says... In the Bible, Jesus was crucified. Three days preaching to the prisoners. Uh, this was, in fact, Hades. Could you explain that more in depth, please? Yes, uh, there is a passage in Ephesians, or let me let me find it. Let me see the reference. Uh, I want to make sure I get the right one. Uh, it's actually in Peter, First Peter, chapter three, it says. In verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, made alive in the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison and who were formerly disobedient and when when once the divine long-suffering uh, of Noah and he, then he continues to go on. So I want to draw your attention to what the text doesn't say. It doesn't say that he did that for three days. It just says that he descended as he says in Ephesians to the lower lower parts of the earth and preached. Uh, and this preaching was not the kind of preaching that you and I contextually would, would refer to, like, preaching the gospel to unbelievers. So it's not like a second chance after death, but rather a liberation. There was a liberation that took place, um, and really the essence is considering the long-suffering, God's desire that, that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the reality of how God's desire is that all would come to know him. And the releasing of those that were waiting for the, you know, those who died before the cross had their sins covered, right? Kaffar by the blood of the sacrifice annually, but not removed. So they went to the side of Hades known as Abraham's bosom, and they awaited the fullness. You know, they died looking to the cross, looking to Messiah. And once the cross came, he emptied out Abra- Hades from Ab- Abraham's bosom from Hades so that the only ones that are in Hades were waiting for final judgment. And so when you think of preaching to the spirits um, in prison, there's a preaching of deliverance, but there's also a preaching of. You guys, you you they're they're gonna watch those delivered and say, ah, oh, you know what? It's affirmation that we made the wrong decision prior to our death, you know, our we made the wrong decision unto death. They died in their sins. So really that's the essence of it. It's one of those troubling passages, um, but not so much if you understand Hades is now only one compartment and not two. And you combine First Peter with Ephesians, and you see the um, the significance. Let me let me look it up for you. Give me a call, 303 six nine zero three thousand Uh it's in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 9. Uh, let me get there for you. You know, you got to click all these buttons all at the same time. So let me get there for you. It says in um, ephesians chapter four. he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, gave gifts to men now that he ascended doesn 't mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one that ascended far above the heavens that 's ephesians four seven, eight, and nine and so there is a deliverance that 's happening to those awaiting Christ he don't think of it as he went down and had a three day revival. Um, that is not what happened, but rather he emptied out um, all those believers who died were looking forward and were waiting for the blood that would remove their sins three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number three oh three six nine zero three thousand here 's just a quick uh, question for someone that hung up. Caller in Georgia, who is the 12th apostle, who replaces Judas? There's debate over this, but I suggest to you that Paul is the replacement of Judas, but some will take you to Acts, and they will say that Matthias was the apostle that replaced Judas because he's the one that's chosen by Peter. I make a strong case of why I think it's not Matthias when I taught through. So if you're looking through—we're studying the book of Acts right now, verse by verse. Just go to our our website, calvaryco.church, or better yet, the best way to stay in touch with us is our app, our app. Just put my name in your app store, Ed Taylor, and you will join literally thousands of others who have downloaded the app. Turn on notifications— all our studies are there, all the way to connect with us on social media, all our resources. The app is very much up to date, and we use it extensively here at Calvary. So I think it was Paul. Amarillo, Texas. Donna, welcome to the program. Hey, Donna, welcome to the program. All right, Donna's not with us, but she asked a question about First Kings. Let me see here. 23, 13. First King, oops, I put 22. Let me put 23. Already been a long day. I haven't, uh, I didn't sleep very much last night, so I'm very tired today. And I don't see a First Kings 23. Uh, First Kings only goes to 22. Uh, So maybe that's a typo. Second Kings, ha ha ha! No wonder I can't see. That's just the way it goes. You need sleep. Sleep is important. Uh, first, Second Kings twenty three thirteen says that uh, Solomon built for Asher. Okay, so let's pick up in. Verse 13, then the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem, which were on the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Sidonians, for Chemos, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the people of Ammon. For he broke in pieces, and he broke in pieces the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images and filled their places with the bones of men. All right, Donna's back. So Donna, I was reading the scripture for you. You're in Amarillo, Texas. Welcome to the program. Maybe not. Donna, are you with us? Okay, so I'll just read the question the way it was asked. Was Solomon a good king or not? Both. He was a good king and a bad king uh, in some ways. He was a good king in his worship of God, and he was a bad king in his multiplication of wives— in his sinful mistakes, and in his um, acceleration of you know, horses in the military prowess. And certainly, 2 Kings 23 is giving us an insight of a time in Solomon's life where he made a mistake. And I don't mean mistake, try to minimize his sinful decisions, but just in that sense that he failed. Um, and I would say that one of the things— that, that validates, one of the many validations that the Bible indeed is a holy book, divine in origin, is the revelation of the failures of the men. And let me re- restate that. The, the revelation of the sinful failures of the men and women that God has chosen to use. Because I think if, if you and I were sitting around to write a holy book, it, it is a there's a very good chance that we would minimize our own failures and maximize to the point of super being superheroes uh in our lives we if we were writing a holy book we would make us the hero rather than God's grace the hero and so when you have the revelation of the failure of the people of God uh then the reality of how God will overrule the failure of man, I think it's just another piece of of the reality of the divine origin of the scriptures. Um, Because obviously Solomon was not only... One of the ironic things about Solomon as well is that we know... That he was an he was given incredible wisdom from God, and you at, at the same time find him acting in ways that were not wise. You know, he had political alliance with foreign nations, he brought about religious syncretism coming together, he realigned Israel, um to increase his power, he increased bureaucracy. I'm reading from a list of of someone that that wrote some of these things. That they're not off the top of my head. I wish they were. Um, he had lavish building projects that required slave labor, Hebrew and non-Hebrew. He allowed political pagan political and religious ideolo- ideology to proliferate, uh, and he as a father, uh, left the kingdom split um, after his death because of the way he raised his his kids. So um, that doesn't minimize the reality of the good things that he did and his loyalty to God. Um, But unfortunately, he's a broken man like the rest of us. Broken man, broken women. It's the only people that God can use. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 Jacqueline in Tennessee welcome to the program Hey Jacqueline we may have some we may have a volume issue or something I bet you they can hear me but I can't hear them 303-690-3000 we are going to work on our technology issues And all my volumes are up. Jacqueline, can you hear me? All right, I will answer the question as it's written. Graven images are prohibited. Does that mean you can't buy a shirt with all the names of God written on it? I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think it's important that we recognize the the issue of what is a graven image. Image: What is God really saying about the prohibition of idolatry? So a graven image could be described as an idol or a carved idol or a uh, representation of an object of worship that would take the place of worship of the one true God. Uh, And if you understand the graven image, you know, of course, that phrase comes to us from uh, Exodus, the old King James in Exodus chapter 20. Um, And it's better, we probably would uh, describe a graven image today just as an idol. And an idol, let's be clear, an idol is representative of a false god that is to be worshiped in exchange of the one true God. So with that simple definition, let's go back to your question. Does that mean you can't buy a shirt with the names of God on it? No, the, the shirt with the names of God on it um, in no way re- represents a graven image uh, at, that's prohibited uh, in the Scriptures unless—and I know this is a silly illustration—you take that shirt— Assign it an idol and worship that shirt, which I know that's not what you're doing. Uh, And that's, I I don't know anyone that's ever done that. I'm sure it's been done, but I don't know anyone that's ever done that. The idea is to stay away from idolatry. Unless that shirt is idolatrous, um, it would be okay to purchase and wear it. All right, let's go over to Tennessee now. Sean, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, how you doing today?
3: Good, you're on the air. We got it working.
4: All righty. What's up? Um. Well, my question is, um, when I, whenever I do good for people, you know, whether it's giving something to the homeless or helping a neighbor or helping a friend or whatever, I never mention it. You understand? I, I, I don't talk about it. I don't feel the need. I need that. That I need to go out and tell everybody, hey, guess what I did for so and so, and I don't feel the need to film it and put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But my question is, in Matthew 5.16, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. But you go to Matthew six one, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm confused on what's to be done, What what's not to be done. I mean, yeah. I don't want to do it, but I did uh, get someone really mad at me when I told them, dude, you sh- shouldn't be going around filming homeless people, exploiting them just, so, just to get some likes or some oohs and some ahs.
3: Yeah. I think you make some, a really good observation and you ask a really good question. And the difference between Matthew chapter 5, verse 16... And Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 is a matter of motives or issues of the heart. So you, you didn't quite finish verse 16, so let me read it in its entirety. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the Jesus is teaching here on the Sermon on the what's commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount, that there and I just shared this a little bit with our church. right we talk about in Christianity, we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But personal doesn't mean private. It doesn't mean that it's unseen or it's designed to be hidden. Jesus, right, like you said, right here, pointing out in Matthew 5 that your relationship with with Jesus Christ is going to translate in good works so that others can see the distinction of your life wanting to honor God. And as a result of your good works and how you do them, God will be glorified and he will get the glory for great things he has done. Then by the time we get to chapter 6, verse 1, he's warning you, make sure, take heed, make sure that you don't do your charitable deeds before men and here's the motive in difference of Matthew 5:16 in Matthew 5:16 hey do it so that God is glorified in 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 6:1 be careful that you don't do it to be seen by men and those they're actually are saying the same thing differently make sure that in your life when you're seen as you're seen that the motive of your actions uh is to please and honor God. They're not to be seen and do things just so other people can see them. And I agree with you. Uh I, I don't see many of them because I'm not like on I'm not on Facebook at all, but on my Instagram feed, occasionally you might see these videos where people are out helping. And you know, I don't know their hearts. I I, I don't know I'm not there, uh, I'm not there with them. Um of why they're putting it all on video or not, but it certainly can cross a line where you're posting all this stuff for the oohs and ahs instead of just doing it under the Lord and making sure that those that you're doing it, you know, the homeless, the men and women that you're ministering to um, see your good works and glorify God for you loving them rather than posting it on Instagram and having everybody go, oh, what a great, great Christian you are, whatever. So I see your point. I think it's a good point. But those two verses go together. They complement one another. They don't contradict.
4: I've never seen one of them, never heard one of them mention, you know, Jesus, God, heaven, the Bible, any verses, anything. Yeah. Uh, me, whenever I do something for someone and they thank me, I said, no, you thank, you thank the God above for that, because He enables me That's right. to do this for you.
3: Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I,
4: don't, I don't I don't like the people showing off, and, and like you said, you, they're not giving glory to God, they're glorifying themselves.
3: You know, we're living in an interesting time uh, where the communication mediums that exist, I, I, I know that you and I are, are too young for this, but I wonder if these are some of the same things that were being said when television became very popular, or even prior to television, when radio and these mass media communication tools, now today would be social media, of course, um, have a positive, you know, two-edged sword, right? There's a positive side to it and a negative side to it, and the proliferation of technology is helping us to see both sides so much more where we just have to let the Lord sort it out, right? He's going to sort it out. Uh, Your life, my life, we're all going to stand before the Bema seat, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit—I mean, Jesus is going to judge us, wood, hay, and stubble, precious stones, you know, gold. We just have to do our works as under the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to sort it out.
4: Well, thank you very much for clearing that up for me. You're welcome. Uh, I, I really love your show. Love, I love listening to the other uh, people that call in and everything with their questions. Cause, I mean, you guys are on point. And I've listened to a lot of other radio shows, and I was stuck with you guys. I mean, a lot of the answers that I hear to people's questions is like, that's not, no, that, that's, that's not right. And I'll go to the Bible, and I'm like, yeah, they're not quite ready to answer questions on the Bible because that's wrong. Yeah. What they're saying. Yes. But but I love you guys. You're in my prayers tonight. Keep up the good
3: work. Thank you. God bless you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number from Tennessee. We're heading back to Pennsylvania. Hope FM. William, welcome to the program.
4: Uh, uh hi. Hi William. Uh listen l- 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 I. I just want to get my my older 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 brother on on the prayer request, okay? Because he just he just found out he got in, in stage pancreatic can- mm. cancer. Okay. So can you share
3: I, his name, William?
4: M- m- his name is Melvin, and he's a- actually from. He's actually from he's a- actually from Dem- Denver, Colorado.:
3: Oh, okay. Well, so. go, go ahead. Father, I pray right now f- for this very special man brother um, who has been diagnosed with a very scary form of cancer. He has a brother that loves him dearly and a community now listening in from around the country, they get to pray for him. I think of many who's overcome cancer. I even think of our own Marilyn here in the church who's been battling cancer uh, for the last many weeks now and f- finishing up on her final stages of chemo. And so I pray, God, that you, know, you would bring healing and strength into this, um, into this man's body, that you would help Melvin um, overcome the challenges that he faces and all that's happening. And, and even the sweetness of his brother, Lord, just loving on him, wanting to see his health and just what a shock it is to a family. We are always taken aback by these diagnoses. Um, they shock us Lord. And yet at the same time, the God that can heal a headache can heal cancer. And so we trust you with the life of Melvin and, and, William, as he loves his brother and everyone that's connected to him, in Jesus' name, Amen.
4: A- a- amen. T- t- thank, thank you, Pastor. And uh, I just I I love you guys. show it's it's great. It's a- awesome, man.
3: Right on, so, William. God bless you, brother.
4: God God, God bless you.
3: Bye bye. All right. Well, we're coming up on the first half. The only break of the show give us a call. We have some open lines wherever you are around the country. The number works everywhere. 303-690-3000. And the text line has been absolutely silent today with the exception of one text. 720-336-0897. Dedicated 24-7 text and prayer line. 720-336-0897. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live, second half, live on the Grace FM radio network, live on the Radio by Grace network. One week delayed, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, Hey, listen, a couple things as we begin the second half. Uh, One is, uh, tonight on the Radio by Grace Network, I think for the first time, but if not, I just saw it for the first time, the live services of Grace Church in Amarillo, Texas will be aired live. So you get to listen to the radio, come right into the sanctuary of Grace Church, Pastor Bill Gimm. On the Radio by Grace Network, for more information, go to RadioByGrace.com. On the Grace FM Network, that's here in Colorado from Cheyenne, Wyoming, down to the border of Pueblo West, uh, 89.7 up here in the Denver Metro, one hundred one point seven. 101.7 down in Colorado Springs. You guys hear the live broadcast of our midweek Bible study here at Calvary Church live. So what that means is you're tuned in, directly into the sanctuary like you were with us. And just like you're live streaming, um, but this one's doing it with um, uh, audio, obviously, with radio. Uh, We've been doing it even before we had Grace FM. There's another Christian station, teaching station here in Denver, and we used to buy time from them to broadcast one of our Sunday services live on the radio. So we picked that up, and every service we have here Saturday night, two on Sunday, Wednesday night are live on Grace FM, and now the Radio by Grace went to the network. Which reminds me, one more thing, before we get to some texts and to the phone lines, as they're full now, Uh, I want you to support Christian Radio. And I want to say, first of all, thank you. Many, many, many of you have responded to supporting, and I only have the numbers for our stations, but I received a report last week that we have seen an increase in regular support for Grace FM. Thank you. Thank you very much for your commitment. Your gift of any amount will make a difference. Uh, If you can give small, give small. Uh, Large, give large. Like, I know a lot of people give the best gift. Well, I I wouldn't say give the best gift. Give the gift that the Holy Spirit's leading you. If the Holy Spirit's not leading you or you don't have the resources, don't do it. Just pray for us. Um, But if you do have the resources and you believe in the power of Christian radio, not just music, um, and believe me, the big music stations, they have all the resources they need. Um, But the station you're listening to right now is a church-owned radio station, And that is the source of income. The church that that owns it, Grace FM, Calvary Church, Radio by Grace, is Grace Church in Amarillo, Texas. Hope FM is Calvary Chapel in Marlton. Truth FM uh, is the Calvary Chapel in, I want to say they're in Kentucky. Um, I can't remember. I'll have to write it down. Higher Rock Radio is Calvary Chapel Meridian in Idaho, right outside of Boise. So just support gracefm.com, radiobygrace.com, hopefm.net, truthfm.net, higherrockradio.org. Um, you can look it up, but the station you are listening to could use your support financially. Just straight up, that's what the Lord would have you to be a part of, and you can actually partner with us as we um, do the work to keep it on the air, and you help fund it. So thank you. I just remember receiving a note of faithful givers increased month by month. So thank you, guys. Uh, it, may, it goes a long way. Uh, there was Sean in Tennessee was on the, on the air earlier, and then he texts through, I forgot to pray for my son, Kenny, that he comes to Christ. So let's add that to our time. Father, we lift up Kenny, uh, that he might come to a saving knowledge in you. Uh, as Sean prays, for his son, that he would hear our prayers and answer them according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's see what we got on the phone lines. <clears throat> Lynn in Aurora uh, just wanted reconciliation with her current boyfriend. Lord, I pray if it's in your will um, with Lynn that during this time of separation, you give her wisdom. And what that might look like for reconciliation, if that's your will. If, if, if that's even your will, we just pray for it. Um, that whatever you're doing in Lynn's life right now, um, you would give wisdom and strength. And, and I mean, really just wisdom. That's Strength while she waits, but wisdom on how to decide what to do next in this relationship that's been broken off. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go over to Highlands Ranch. Diana, welcome to the program. Hey, Diana, are you with us?
2: Can you hear me okay? I
3: can now, yes.
2: Oh, terrific, okay. Um, So my question is, what does the Bible say, New Testament and Old Testament, about man and woman living together, not married, and having sexual relations?
3: Well, you know, the Bible strictly, clearly, and unequivocally uh, forbids sex outside of marriage. Um, The idea behind God's prohibition or permission, whichever way you want to look at it, as to sexual relations has everything to do with holiness, morality, and God's desire to prevent us and protect us from the consequences of those sin, um, you know, if you um, look in First Corinthians chapter five, fornication is described as a sin. Romans chapter one verse twenty nine, um, among many other sins. Uh, Matthew chapter fifteen, Jesus talks about sexual immorality, um, so it is strictly forbidden on more than one occasion. Okay, yeah, and and I knew that
2: I'm I'm asking I I, I have some. Close friends, a couple couples that uh, are calling themselves um, spiritually spiritually married. Sure. And it's it, it's and it's really throwing me off because um, I'm seeing a, a, a bigger trend in that. Yes. And it concerns me because these two couples are I, are deep deep rooted Christians. They have been Christians for more than thirty years that I know of. Maybe even longer, and and so this has really kind of got me a little baffled. maybe a, a trend or something within the church to, to justify it and call each other spiritually married.
3: Well, I would say, you know, I don't know these people, so I can be a little more direct with them. Um, that a couple, one of one of a couple things is happening here. After 30 years of professing to be Christians, this behavior is revealing that they really aren't Christians after all, because this isn't consistent with a person that's abiding in Christ. This, this language, this behavior, the idea of spiritually connected without any kind of public covenant, public commitment um, is, is interesting, to say the least, You know, without talking to them uh, the way you're describing it. Uh, is reflective of an independence from God, not a dependence from God. Because we would say, we would use language that, I, I'm living out my life according to the Scriptures, uh, and there is a clearness. Marriage has definition associated with it. Um, marriage, the Bible says according to Hebrews. You know, that it's to be honored by all and the marriage bed is to be kept undefiled. And when we begin to redefine, you know, let's say something silly. Uh, You know, I'm not stealing this. I'm just borrowing it. I'm spiritually borrowing it for the Lord uh, to use for His purposes. No, bro, you're stealing it. It doesn't belong to you. So if you take something that doesn't belong to you, the Bible's very simple, on on its mostly on its definitions you know a lot of people say i don't like the bible's so hard to understand and and actually most of the bible is very easy to understand where there are are few portions that are challenging for sure but most of the bible is pretty easy to understand so i would have to get to the idea of hey why won't you make a public covenant why won't you um why won't you do this before witnesses what is spe-? and i i guess the real question is what is spiritual marriage to them? I, they would have to define that for me, because once I work with their definitions, um, I would be able to walk them through and see where they're deviating from the Scriptures, where they're not deviating. But sexual, sex outside of marriage is sin. For a, for a person um, that is single, the Bible calls that fornication. For a person that's married, the Bible calls that adultery.
2: Okay, thank you so much for clearing that up. I greatly appreciate
3: it. You're welcome. Bye bye. Have a great. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know if it's a new trend uh, within the within the church, but it's not a trend that's birthed by Jesus. Uh, it's definitely human in no origin, um, and the world has a similar. By the way, the world has a similar fake marriage without commitment or covenant, and it 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 disfavors the female in that relationship so much that a law was created called common-law marriage. So let's just say you're listening right now, and you say, well, you know, we're common-law married. Well, why aren't you regular married? Because common-law marriage is simply a legal definition that is intended to protect this, the person that will be abandoned in the future. Um, almost every common law relationship separates, and without the covenant, there's no legal standing. And because there's no legal standing, the person, most likely the mom, the woman with children, will be stuck without any recourse whatsoever. So they, many states, like Colorado has one as well, uh, that has a common law statute that says, hey, um, you know what, if you pretended to be married, you lived like you were married, um, you hung out like you were married, you you had common things together, you had an apartment together, you had possessions together, we're going to call that marriage. Even if you don't call that marriage, we're going to call it. And if you abandon her, which is 99.9% of the time, you are going to be obligated as if you were married to her because even though you didn't have the covenant, you were married. So the world even has a form of that. Um, so... Um, Christians do the right thing, and they strive to. All right, back now to Idaho, Driggs, Idaho. Al, welcome to the program. Hey, Al, you're on the air. All right, Al had a prayer request going into surgery. So, Father, I pray for Al as he heads into surgery tomorrow. Um, we 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 hear doctors and th- and folks say things that are routine and regular, but we know that no surgery is routine or regular even if it's done on a regular basis. So I pray for Al, that you'd give him a piece, and for the doctors and nurses and anesthesiologists and all the folks that will be involved, you give them wisdom and steadiness of hand to remove and take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Back to Marilyn now. Is it Anna or Anna? Yes, Anna.
1: Hi,
3: Anna. Welcome to the program.
1: Um Thank you, by the way, thank you for being there and thank you for answering people's questions and helping them pray and understand.
3: You're yes, welcome. It's um, an honor.
1: So basically, I'm struggling with um, we're gonna my husband and I are gonna come into some money, okay and it's gonna be enough money to probably take care of us for the rest of our lives, okay, but not really do much of anything else. We can't retire early or anything. okay, still be retiring at regular retirement age. And I'm really struggling with how I'm going to basically sleep at night knowing that we're taking care of above and beyond Yes. while other people in the world are fiercely dying of need, either medical need or food need or some need that money could solve. Sure. And now I'm just going to be sitting on a fat bank account almost like up on top of a hill just watching them die.
3: Yeah, I think that that's a valid feeling. Um, and I know that it's been awakened in your life by this large sum of money, and it should factor in uh, to your husband and your prayers of how to use the resources that God's given to you. Um, But in order to help you sleep at night, I want you to consider that any kind of excess that you have, let's say, for example, um, you you have $10,000 in the bank, um, which wouldn't be able to help you retire or anything, but it's a large sum of money. Um, and you're, you're setting aside, in case of an emergency, you're setting aside for college, you're setting aside, like the same principle applies, whether it's $10,000 or 100000 or a million. Um, anything that's over and above our needs would awaken to us, um, God, what do you want us to do with the excess resources that you have? Um, and this is actually addressed um, by Paul when he talks about giving. I think he's writing to the Corinthians, and he talks about giving, but when he, when he talks about their giving, he says, I, I don't want you to give to the point where you have need now. Like, I'm not asking you to empty everything that you have so that you're in a place where now those guys that have resources have to give to you, but rather when you give, you're giving led by the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, the, I think back to the principles very early on in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, um, God is telling the children of Israel then, He says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And the idea is that in your obligation, let's just put it that way, your obligation of giving is to give unto the Lord a tenth, and this is the Old Testament principle, of the increase, and this this increase that you're having coming into the money the way you are would certainly qualify that, hey, the obligation that God places upon you, and now, of course, the New Testament principle is give as God is, um, you know, in as God is given to—as God has given—give as you purpose in your heart that you— are faithful in that area of giving, and then the Holy Spirit says, hey, look, you can use the 90%, however you feel led, but 10% belongs to the Lord. Um, But you may want to give more. You may want to help. You may want to take a mission trip. Um, I think the key will be to be in unity with your husband because money like this can cause a lot of division. I agree. I
1: agree.
3: That's the big deal. You guys want to stay in prayer together, in unity together, because, you know, uh, money comes and goes, even large sums. Uh, Money comes and goes, but what doesn't come and go is our integrity and our character and our commitment to the Lord, and, and that's the key. God has obviously allowed this increase. It's no surprise to Him, and He's trusting you and your husband with it. It is entrusted to you. It is going from someone else's hands or someone else's bank account, or some company or insurance, whatever it is, is now being transferred under your care as a son and daughter of, of God. And I think that He can give you—I know He can give you the wisdom of what to do with it and how to use it. And even, let's just say, let's just say that the resources will provide for your needs for the rest of your life. Let's just say they do. I know you're not going to be able to retire early, but they will provide for your needs the rest of your life. Well, that's no small thing financially, because if you have that need taken away from you, it frees you up in other ways to serve the Lord. And
1: and, and that's pretty much almost exactly what we're looking at. Yes. I I won't be able to quit, but we won't have any more want or need.
3: Yeah. I think of the people that serve here. There's, we have so many that are in retirement years that have worked really hard and they're in a different season where they don't have to show up at work every day. I mean, I was just talking to a sister today was watching our front desk and her husband is helping with our school and they're just in a season of life where their needs are met completely. And, and this season right now, they're devoting that time because of their hard work and the way investments were. I mean, I don't know all their details, but I'm assuming things like that, that they don't have any bills that aren't taken care of that frees them up to serve the Lord without a care in the world. And let me tell you something, what they're doing, and so many more like them in this church, is unbelievably a blessing to many. So you just need wisdom.
1: You're right. Okay got to pray about it and, and the whole wide spectrum of it, not just small portion.
3: And let me give you one more thing to help you rest in the Lord. You know, you may still be troubled by the world, and that's not a bad thing to be troubled by the world's conditions. Um, don't ever lose that sensitivity. But I also want you to consider that in the life of Jesus, God in human flesh, he did not heal everyone that he met. He did not bring perfect healing to every situation He didn't provide finances to everyone that needed it. Um, He was selective and careful in fulfilling the Father's will, which tells me he did everything that pleased the Father, and part of what pleased the Father was that not everyone, there's a purpose in everyone's life. And Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. It's a poverty is not just the lack of resources, poverty as well as excess both have you know hoarding both have their roots in sin. they're yeah. results of sin, and so you having you know regenerated, born again, following Christ, you're going to be able to use those resources in ways that you can't even think of yet because God hasn't told you yet, told, told you right. yet
1: right, you're right. You're right. Um um thank you. Thank you for everything you said cuz everything you said is is making more sense than it's made to me in the last few months.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty scary, yeah. isn't it? Like we we talk about coming into big money, but then when you do, you're like, "Whoa. Um this is no small thing. This is a big responsibility."
1: It is. Life-changing.
3: It yeah. is, and that's and just, you know, just the sensitivity, the way you're asking the question, the concerns that are on your heart. Show, kind of validate to me, having not met you and just listening to you on the phone, it, it validates that you are trustworthy with these resources. You are the right person in God's eyes, you and your husband, to be able to oversee these resources for the kingdom. Because I know this, I know this without a doubt. Everything that you and I have in excess will not go with us into eternity. We're going to leave it all back behind. So it's best to use it for His glory. And again, retirement doesn't—just because it's for retirement or providing needs doesn't mean it's, that's not for His glory. Like, giving giving it all to the poor isn't necessarily the only way that can give God glory. Right. So, Father, I pray for, Aunt, for Anna and her husband and just all that you are doing, this life-changing, life-altering, not just physically, but also spiritually. This is a test. You are bringing about the resources into their lives as a test, as a revelation, uh, an opportunity for submission and prayer and dependence. So I pray you'd give them all that's needed to make the wise choice in what you want them to do and accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. In
1: Jesus' name, by Jesus' blood, amen. Amen. Thank you.
3: Okay, bye-bye. All right, let's go to Thornton, Colorado. Desiree, welcome to the program. Desiree. I am sorry. We've had some interesting phone lines today. Not sure what it is, but uh, she wanted prayer, her husband, some surgery uh, a month ago, but there's still stuff going on. Father, I pray for Desiree's husband. Uh, The surgery seemed to not be as successful as they desired. And so I pray for this surgery, um, for the stomach issues and the follow-up surgery that's going in tomorrow, that again, the doctors um, are not perfect, uh, but they are very smart. So in their wisdom and smartness, Lord, guide them to the place that would help solve this guy's problem through the new surgery in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alejandro texted in, I'd like prayer for my anger and bitterness and hard heart toward those that wrong and reproach me every day. So Alejandro, I want you to email me and anyone else listening that is dealing with anger, bitterness, and hard heart. And I'll send you some information on uh, forgiveness that the Holy Spirit can help you. I'm going to pray for you for sure because that's what you asked. But I want you guys to know, uh, email me. I have information I'll, I'll respond to you with some links. So you can download and print some things out on this topic. And then I want you guys to pray for me, because along with a sister here, Kathy, uh, she and I are c- collaborating in putting a new book together uh, from a series of Bible studies that I taught here on dealing with our past. And one of the Bible studies surrounds anger and bitterness, and another one surrounds forgiveness, and another one surrounds regret over the past. And, and so pray for us, because we are in the editing stage, which can be pretty laborious and challenging and difficult, uh, but we're going to get through it uh, with a bunch of teams. Kathy's put the work together, but there's quite a few of us that are working on the edits, so uh, pray for us. I can't wait to put this into print. Uh, to make it as a gift, because this is a popular topic. And so, Father, I pray for Alejandro and everyone else that is dealing with anger, bitterness, and a hard heart, especially because they're being wronged regularly. I pray that you would help them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The email is ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at... Ed Taylor T A Y L O R dot org. Don't send it to dot com because that guy is a professional Santa Claus. It has to be dot org. Ed at edtaylor.org. All right. Well, phone lines are wide open. Uh, we're almost at the end of the show. So thanks for allowing us to be a small part of your life today. Please support. Christian Radio, whatever station you're listening to right now, I'm asking you to support it financially. If you're listening to Grace FM, please support Grace FM. If you're listening to Radio by Grace, please support Radio by Grace. If you're listening to Hope FM, support Hope FM. Truth FM, support Truth FM. Higher Rock Radio, support Higher Rock Radio. You know, it's important that you know about it. Some of you might be asking, why are you always mentioning that? Well, because people forget you get caught up in things. I was listening on our show we have this little on our network that's the the break that I hear in my ears on Grace FM. We had this little spot about cappuccino, Frappuccino or whatever and you know for the price of a cup of coffee once a week, um, that could be 25 bucks that you support Christian Radio. Um, and you make your own coffee at home um whatever you know i'm not it, it's not it's, it's not intended to guilt you it's just intended to give you a frame of reference um, and if you believe in Christian radio and it impacts your life, I know that the Lord would bless any resource large or small that you give and one of the ways it can really bless is you give recurringly um, that you can set it up on ours. And I know the other guys, I'm sure as well, you can set it up recurring where it just gives regularly. And then we could depend on that and just know things are coming in to upgrade, to put gas in. I mean, we give out thousands of T-shirts and those bubbies, those buddies, what is a bubby? Those buddies are not free, um, but they do get the word out and multiply. Um, or we have to replace catalytic converters to get ripped off from our Grace FM van. <laughs> It's like, what is wrong with this world? Uh, Or technology, computers, microphones, and on and on. So appreciate you guys. It's a relationship, really, using technology. And radio is still just such a powerful medium. Uh, We're grateful to be able to bring it to you. So come on out to service tonight if you're in the Denver Metro. Calvary Church here. Um, Calvary Church is... Go to our website, calvaryco.church, and we will be studying the book of Genesis, praying together, worshiping together, studying the Bible together, fellowshipping together. Resurrection Coffee's open. Our service is at 7, door's open at 6. we got all kinds of great resources at Resurrection Coffee. We've got our bookstore. Can't walk into a physical bookstore anymore, but you can here. you hear the music, we'll be right back tomorrow, Lord willing.